Ichiwai. Good evening. I hope you've had a wonderful week. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I'll be sharing short weekly dance stories with you during the Irish winter months between Samhain and Imbolc to make those long winter nights a bit less long for you. You will find a new story every Sunday night at 9pm Irish time. I hope you're cosy and warm where you are. Now sit back, settle in and enjoy the story. Episode 8 Delight in the Granddaughter's Eyes Good evening everyone. It's the last Sunday before Christmas, which means it's the 4th of Advent, and I'm lighting four candles here tonight, which was quite a big tradition growing up for me. Lighting a candle has a lot of meaning in different cultures. It can be a symbol of hope. It can be a symbol of light. It can be a symbol for peace. You can light a candle to commemorate someone. And sometimes you see fire in someone's eyes or a candle or a special, very special light in someone's eyes. So I would like to talk to you about a very special light I saw in someone's eyes about two years ago. But again, I'll have to start explaining where that was and why I was there. It happened in a place called Sean Kishtin, which is in Ballyfin, County Leash in Ireland, which is the childhood home of Maureen Colton, a dancer, choreographer and dance teacher that I'm very fond of. So in her childhood home, what she did was she redid and renovated the kitchen of her childhood home and put a beautiful, gorgeous timber sprung floor, perfect for dancing. And she made it her rambling house, where she celebrates music, Irish culture, dance, storytelling. So she creates a lot of events there for her community, and she teaches classes there as well. So on this occasion, late November two years ago, she was doing a commemoration for Michael O'Dwin, which used to be Ballyfin's famous dance master and her own dance teacher when she was a little girl of four years of age. Now, Michael was born in 1883 and he passed away at the age of 94 in 1977. So her plan was to invite lots of different people to create a very colourful and beautiful entertaining evening to commemorate him, to remember him because he had a very big impact in the locality in Ballyfin where he was teaching. He would ride his bicycle to the different schools when she was a young girl to teach Irish dancing and he would strap the fiddle onto his bicycle and at the time he was nearly blind so he would like travel on his bike and he wouldn't really be able to see the road but 
when he would feel that the road underneath his bike was a bit uneven, that's when he knew he needed to steer the bicycle into the other direction because he was getting off the road, which is quite impressive. So he was very dedicated into teaching the young children from the area. So Maureen invited different people, dancers, musicians, poets, storytellers. And she had been teaching some of her dancers the old jig that Michael taught her all those years ago. So we were all learning the jig there to be able to dance it together and her plan was to dance it as a group. And the most beautiful thing was that she knows the person that owns his fiddle that he used to play during his classes all those years ago. So the fiddle was taken out and was borrowed to a fiddle player who played Michael's favorite tune back then, which was Father O'Flynn. And it was just such a special moment, you know, being there, dancing steps that were taught so many decades ago by this dance master to the tune that he preferred, that was his favorite tune. And the tune being played by someone on the fiddle that used to belong to him. describe the feeling it was just such a special moment it was so meaningful so deep and there was something there in a very special energy around ourselves or around us as dancers around the audience around the musicians playing for us it was just something very very unique and very very beautiful and I felt very humble and very honored that I had been invited to dance along and remember a dance teacher that I never met, but that I nevertheless very much appreciated for all of what he did and that I very much honored for his legacy, for the steps that he mastered, for the steps that he managed to pass on that are still being danced and still being displayed for other people. And also even just dancing it in the old style, which is very different from a modern type of style. It makes it different. It, it's a different feel dancing in an old style than dancing in the modern style. You need different muscles. You have a different posture. It's, it's just everything. Everything is so different. I'm not saying it's better or worse, but it's just different. And it was just a very, very nice experience for me to have. And to meet all these lovely dancers that were joining. And, you know, we never met. Most of us never met. And just being there together, experiencing the same thing as a group was very, very special to me. So that's how we started off the evening. And over the course of the evening, there were so many different contributions as well from different people. There were people singing happy and sad songs, funny songs, playing tunes, telling stories, jokes. There were people dancing a solo dance. There was a girl dancing a hornpipe. There were two people dancing St. Patrick's Day. 
There were three medals that were shown that evening as well that were won by Timothy Dunn, the brother of Michael. He had won them in 1908, in 1910 and 1911 with the boys' eight-hand reel getting first place at the All-Irelands with the Ballyfin team. And that was also incredible, you know, to see those old medals that were won over a hundred years ago by people who were mad about dancing, by people who loved dancing and who cultivated the dance culture in Ireland. There was a young man called Nathan who launched a CD there as well with songs that he wrote himself. There were songs being sung in Irish, in English, in the Basque language. And the atmosphere was just incredible. It was, you know, it was a long room, a long beautiful room with benches on the side for musicians to sit on and some of the people watching. And then on one side of the room there were seats put up there for people to sit and like rows of seat for people to sit on and watch from that side. And you know when people were singing, there were people lilting along, singing along. When people were playing tunes, you could hear the ladies or the men with their high heels or with their, you know, with their leather sole shoes. You could hear them tap away to the music, complimenting the music. You could really hear that they were dancers themselves and that they enjoyed the music as well. We danced the Siege of Ennis as well. We danced a couple of figures of the merchant set, which I actually, it's funny, I mentioned that set on the last episode, the night dip. There were modern songs being sung like Hallelujah, sung by a girl called Erin. And there were old style songs sung. And of course, you could not miss out. There was a tea break in between. Very, very important, which took place in the barn next door. And it was just so nice, you know, the variety of contributions, the happiness of the people, the beautiful social aspect of that evening, you know, in a rural place in Ireland, done for locals, commemorating a local person. There was just something very, very unique about that. And it's certainly an evening that I will never forget. It was very, very special. So I was invited then to stay on and it was lovely to spend time with Maureen. She's such a lovely person and such a great dancer and she taught me a couple of dances and one of her personal choreographies, which was the Blackthorn Stick, which was very special to me because it always reminded me of my good friend Sabrina and that would usually be her set dance. So to dance a different choreography to that same tune kind of made me feel close to her as well. And there were different classes taking place there as well. There was a set dance class and two hand class where we mixed them two styles of dancing. And it was a challenging class. It was really challenging. Like many people would not want to get back up. They would be like, no, I'm tired. And they would like ask like other people, like, come back up. You have to come back up. And they would be like, no, I'm not. And they would really have to drag people out. It was it was challenging. It was good, though. We learned so much, you know. And she's a great teacher, Maureen. And she showed us different things and different steps and different figures. And you could really see people very much enjoyed her classes and very much loved being part of those classes. And those classes meant something to them. I loved watching the one line dancing class with the ladies, I later realized they were all wearing jeans and many of them were wearing boots because it was a line dancing class, of course. But the happiness of these ladies, you know, dancing away. And it was the first time I kind of, you know, really did a class in line dancing. It was so challenging. 
I had a hard time keeping up. Like it was okay in the beginning, but the dances afterwards, the choreographies were very complex, and I, I had a hard time keeping up. I must say, but it was good. It was really good, you know, to to get into something else, to get into a different dance style, into a different dance type, and just the happiness of the ladies was just so so special. And I remember one lady went out of the room to get herself a glass of water. And while she was going out, you know, she was dancing along the track that was playing, you know, moving her body, happily getting out there. And you could just really see how much dance meant to these ladies and how much they enjoyed it and how dance is just one of the basic needs of human beings, of most human beings, basically, perhaps. But the moment that really engraved itself in my heart most, and actually looking through my notes, I realized I didn't even note it down perhaps because it was so special that I didn't dare noting anything down and because it was so special that I knew I wouldn't forget about it that I didn't need to take any notes on that and I really hope I manage now to explain to you the beauty of that moment because it was something so so unique so there was this lady called Nan who came into Maureen to take a class and I think I think it was her I think she always wanted to learn to dance and for some reason it just didn't work out and she just started at a very mature age. I might be mixing her up. I don't know if that was really the story. I don't want to be like putting anything into anyone's shoes or telling a wrong story or anything but that's how I remember it and that she wanted to learn to waltz and she wanted to learn different things so she booked a private lesson and I think she would come out quite on a regular basis anyway. But she lived about maybe 45 minutes away or something. It was quite a distance to Sean Kishtin that she would have to undertake in order to get to dance class. So I remember her coming in and all excited, you know, about this being her dance class. And we realized that she was bleeding on the back of her leg. And we were asking what happened to you. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I got off the car and I hurt myself, but it's okay. And we were worried because, you know, it was bleeding quite hard, like it didn't need any stitches or anything. But it was big enough, you know, it wasn't just something that you could quickly wash away and put a plaster in and that's it. So we were kind of advising her, saying, no, maybe you should have that looked at, you know. But she would insist, she would be like, no, 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 it's fine, I'm fine, really, I, w I want to do the dance class. And we were kind of talking to her, trying to figure out what to do. And she said she had no pain and she was okay, she said, and... She was really keen on taking the dance class, but we kind of felt, you know, maybe that should be looked at or, you know, the least like it should be cleaned out or something because we didn't want it to get infected or to, to, to get worse for her or anything. So we're trying to talk to her and while we were talking to her, her granddaughter came in because she was waiting in the car before she came in and we were chatting to her and saying, oh, look, Maybe you better take her back home. And it was this big thing for her. She she really she really didn't want to. It was really clear that the dance class meant so much to her that she really, really, really didn't want to miss out on it. And Maureen was so kind to her and she said, Look, we'll do a deal now. We'll dance your favourite dance. We'll do that together. So it didn't come out in vain. And then your granddaughter can drive you back and take care of your wound and take care of you. And she agreed on that. And so the granddaughter was there, a lovely young lady, maybe in her 20s, not even maybe, maybe less than 20. And so she was there and 
Maureen set up the radio to put on a waltz for her and Nan. And her favourite dance was a two-hand waltz called the Waltz of the Roses, or the Rosa Waltz, it's sometimes also called, or in French, Le Valse des Roses. So those are the three different titles that I've heard that dance being called. And there was this elderly lady then, dancing together with Maureen, and the two of them dancing and enjoying themselves so much, and the lady enjoying herself so, so much listening to Maureen's directions, Maureen being very encouraging towards her and helping her out, telling her what step comes next and stuff. And after a while, not even telling her anymore because she was back into the routine and was able to follow. But that picture was just so beautiful. The lady so happy, dancing away. And then I looked over at the granddaughter and... Even now, I just feel my heart swelling up. It was just so beautiful to see the look on her face, to see the surprise on her face, to see that light in the granddaughter's eyes, that light that she realizes how special this moment is for her granny and what a special moment it is to see her granny dance. Because I think she would usually wait in the car. She would never have seen her I think like that it it nearly felt like she was taken aback but in a positive way you know she was she had just such a surprised look on her face but the smile she had and the appreciation for Maureen as the teacher of her granny and for me seeing that and seeing someone else witness something that they would probably never forget because it's so special and meaningful to them. So I really felt I wanted to share this with you tonight on this special occasion of the 4th of Advent with the light of the four candles there. And I just really hope the magnitude of that moment comes across to you, that maybe it makes you remember a very special dance you had yourself somewhere, that I hope you ever in your life felt that magical feeling when you're dancing and feeling one with the dance and feeling one with the music and you're just so happy out that your whole demeanor changes, your whole spirit lifts, your whole appearance seems so pure that you even have an impact on the person watching you and that the person watching you understands how meaningful that moment is. I hope all of you had a moment like that before in your life or will have a moment like that sometime. And I just also felt that I wanted to mention this very special place it happened in Sean Kishtin, you know, with Maureen doing so much for her community, really loving what she does, loving the dance and being passionate about dance tradition and Irish culture and music and song and passing it on with such great love onto all types of generations around her township you know from young children to teenagers to all types of generations you know really mingling everybody bringing everybody together in this little rural place you know offering people a place to get together to celebrate the culture and the heritage I just really felt it was something so special that I wanted to share with you. And even, you know, the lady dancing the Rosa Walls, 
I didn't take any notes on that, but I felt I wanted to place this here in a podcast and give it a space as well along Sean Kishtin where it happened so the memory can keep on and perhaps it might inspire someone or you might enjoy and remember that story and feel it a little bit as well. I hope it comes across and it stirs something in your own heart. So we're halfway through anyway. This was the eighth episode. I think there's eight more left until Imolex starts the Irish Spring. So please, if you have any feedback for me in regards of the podcast, please do get in touch with me. Please let me know how do you like it. Is there anything you would like to have changed? Is there anything you miss? Is there anything you particularly like? Is there something you would like to hear? A specific story you would like me to tell? Is there something you would like to know more about? The next episodes are not set on stone yet, so I can fiddle around for you and definitely take your requests into consideration. So do get back to me. Do write to me at info at I'd love to hear from you, really. So there's two more days now left until the winter solstice, until the darkest and longest night of the year. And from then, the nights will be a wee bit shorter every day and the days a bit brighter and longer. And hopefully this will lift the spirits up and everything else, not just the weather, will get a bit brighter as well. So I hope this finds you well anyway. And I hope you'll have a good celebration. If it's a winter solstice celebration or a Christmas celebration or anything else that you're celebrating, I hope it's good and that you'll have lovely people around you to celebrate with and that you'll have a small moment to yourself as well to look into yourself and just to remember the things that have been this year the people, the dances, the great moments to remember and to think about the wishes that you'd have maybe for next year and whatever is important to you and whatever you would like to hold on to or maybe to change This is always a very good time to turn inwards and to listen to yourself. So I wish you all the best for that and I'll see you next week. You have been listening to an episode of Ichewai, a storytelling podcast by Skielta Dosa. I hope you've enjoyed this evening's story. Feel free to pass it on to anyone you think might enjoy this or be happy about a bit of entertainment now during the winter months. If you wish to support my projects, you may send a wee donation to paypal.me slash I always appreciate every cent. The music you hear is Fairy Garden by Chris Collins and you can find it on IndieMusicBox.com I will see you again next Sunday. Have a lovely night and a good start into the next week tomorrow. Ichewai.